0: Go to shamelesssex.com and for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code shamelesssex at purepleasureshop.com.
2: You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast
0: collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Shameless Sex Podcast to hear and learn all about fingering, finger banging and hand sex on pussies and assholes. Do you, have uh, a problem,
1: do you have a problem with the term finger banging?
0: Well, yeah, I have a little p- finger banging PTSD. I don't have a problem with it. When I hear it, I'm not like, oh, I'm not I'm not like going through a trauma response. I kind of just
1: think it's funny, but it at is the same funny. time, people might be like, why yeah. do they say banging?
0: Yeah, I think I talk about it in this show that we recorded it like a couple weeks ago, so I don't remember, but I think, no, I did And the part yeah. that I talk about in the book as well about Amy's first finger banging experience meaning the first time a hand was on my pussy when someone was trying to, air quotes again, pleasure me. Well, they it was said, pleasure. Your st- my stomach and then they just No, 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 that was, was oh. that was different. No, her. that guy just shoved my hand on his co- his small, you know, 12, 13-year-old cock and started using it as a jack-off device. Jeez. Like I was a piece of meat. No, this other... Yeah, my first two sexual experiences touching a cock or having someone touch my pussy were not great. And they could have been a lot worse, but they were as a lot of like, basically, yeah, like coercion or just like complete disregard for me as a human. And if you want to learn more, read our book because <laughs> it's in there. Yeah, I just um. remember getting finger-banged
1: when, when I was... I in my 20s by uh a person that had really long nails and Ugh. i was like this is really Ow. really difficult yeah, to no bueno enjoy and i was like eh, okay
0: yeah so this episode is talking about how to enjoy fingering <laughs> yes. and finger banging and hand also known as hand sex on pussies and assholes so it's re- receiving orifices oh <laughs> april's showing her nails she's got talons right now she's not down for finger banging right now nope how do you put a tampoon in there uh, I don't. You don't. Not yet. You I just have got your partner these done. yesterday <laughs> No. Um,
1: Honey, will you put my tampon in my nose I nails know, but I wanted long. to stick a finger in the butt last night, oh, and you cannot. I could not. And I was like, "Damn it!"
0: Hey. Oh, that's dangerous. <laughs> You're gonna pull out some dingleberries with us. All right, moving on. We're yeah, moving anyways. on. <laughs> so does anyone want to hang out with us this weekend? And my talons. Yeah, you can see April's talons. She won't pull out your dingleberries. But if you are in Los Angeles, we will be in Los Angeles this weekend at the Vibe Expo. This is January 12th and 13th, 2024. And it's free. You hang out with us for free. We'll be in Hollywood, actually. Yeah. So if you're in the outskirts of Los
1: Angeles, Santa yeah. Monica, or if you're in... Maybe even in San Diego, e- we want to come up. Yes, yeah. even in San Diego. Even if you're in, I don't know, in Burbank.
0: Yeah. Come, come hang out us. with us. I don't know, Santa Barbara, wherever. Fly who cares come hang out with us the show like we said is free it's at the lowe's hollywood hotel is it yeah right did i say that right lowe's hollywood you, okay. you said it perfectly like, how else I would myself. you say it i don't know it's sometimes you say it like there's a, there's a L-O-E, I don't know it's confused it's, it's
1: like loews, the and L-O-E-W-S. And and it's, <laughs> it's a great hotel this is free this is a free expo we do recommend getting tickets though because yes. you can get free stuff if you get tickets also rsvp because there is a limited number it's a few hundred but still it's la we're talking about and we've done the we did a similar expo in brooklyn a couple of years ago before covid it was super fun there's a lot of different Workshops, including expert speakers that have been in our show. So many amazing that we experts have never been, will be there. Been able to meet
0: in person. I know. I'm so excited. Uh, Tayomi
1: will be there. Tayomi. We've got Susan Bratton. Yeah. There's um. A, is Ashley Manta there? Even she probably. She probably, probably sure. the can of sexual. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the, the list goes on and on. But you go to vibeshow.com to check out all the details. We'll be doing um our not only our workshop, but also uh books for sale and books for signing uh there and you can QA you can yeah. QA with us on the twelfth
0: and thirteenth. Yep. On that Friday, we are at four o'clock we're doing a live podcast recording if you want to be a part of that and a book signing. And then on Saturday at four o'clock we're doing a Oral for Everyone. Is that what it is? Oral for all. Oral for all. It doesn't matter. It's the
1: same thing. However, you can, no matter what bits you're rocking, yeah. it's it applies to you. And if you want to be part of the live podcast, it's completely anonymous so no one will know your name and you're welcome to either ask a question or just witness so just so you know it's not something that we won't have a picture of you listening to the podcast unless you want
0: one yeah so come visit us vibeshow.com we hope to see you there's so many exciting things happening in
1: 2024 another of which is the tulum retreat which amy and i had our first retreat in costa rica november 2023 Phenomenal Retreat, Intimate Group of uh, Women-Identified Folks. And this one will also be open to women-identified folks. So if you feel like you want to treat yourself to something fabulous in 2024, go to shamelesssex.com, click on the retreat section, and you can check out the villa, what you get, all of the uh, accommodations, and uh, you can also see testimonials. all inclusive, y'all. It's
0: luxury all inclusive. And if you read the testimonials from people, or you can also see them in the video on our website, you'll you'll see that it was a really transformational, amazing experience.
1: And we have repeat uh, bookers. So someone that was on our retreat is coming and there is a, That's a good sign. couple of folks it's, i like think a it's a up? fabulous <laughs> sign she was like I am on the fence and we have a couple people that are still on the fence. But also, if you want to gift this to your partner, yeah. that is our the Valentine's Day is coming up. What, yeah. What? I mean, think about it. So check it out. And it is all inclusive minus the flights, but you can probably get really good flight prices if you book now. So coming
0: out with us. Can you come. can see Amy yeah. and April naked dancing on the table d- yeah. doing an exorcism. Just but kidding. put your
1: deposit down. And if you want to pay as you go, we have that option, too. So you can pay in installments. So yeah. All right, ready for a sex question?
0: I am. I'm a heterosexual male, recently divorced, and now I have the freedom to explore things that have always interested me, mainly anal sex. I've had two experiences so far, and the first one was mind-blowing. I was standing and leaning over my car and being entered from behind. Apparently, he was hitting my prostate because I had the most intense orgasm I've ever had. So why is anal for men so much more taboo than anal for women? Should I be ashamed for enjoying it so much? So this is an Hell interesting question no. because he on the, said on that last po- on that last question. Yeah and, and some people are listening to like, they're probably like that guy's not heterosexual cuz he's saying unless unless he left out an S, it said apparently he was hitting my prostate. So he's a heterosexual male who has had anal sex with a man unless the S was missing. But at any rate, he's not asking about his orientation. Just uh, actually, we said this in the last podcast, not this one. If you last week, we're talking about your labels, your label, no one gets to be like, well, you're not heterosexual. And he's not asking about that. He wants to know why anal sex for men is so much more taboo than anal sex for women, considering we all have an ass it's a universal orifice. They operate pretty much the same, except men, penis owners, have a prostate there, which means they can have even more mind-blowing pleasure than a lot of vulva owners can. Now, you can indirectly access the G-spot through it for a vulva owner, but I digress. That's not what we're talking about. So why? I think my guess is going to be very much related to religion. Uh, homophobia is very the real. sodomy yeah homophobia is very real and the patriarchy is very real and I know god we said patriarchy but the patriarchy loves women being highly sexual and also not too sexual though but there's something that is it's like safe it's okay for women to be bisexual like oh that's beautiful when two women are hooking up or there's a theory that like which I don't agree with that all women are bisexual to some degree but men aren't and a lot of that is just plain bullshit I mean there's plenty of bisexual men plenty of bisexual women plenty of men who like anal stimulation plenty of women who like anal stimulation And it's just ridiculous that one is more taboo or more acceptable than the uh, other it just doesn't make sense but that is what is in the design that's why i love that movie american pie when it
1: came out back in the day when stifler was <laughs> yeah getting stifler, the, the bro, prostate the bro, the bro was yeah. getting the prostate stimulation and, like, and was like whoa and i kind of felt like, like a it, change man it sort of released some sort of stigma in my brain even because that was a long time ago about like oh yeah butts are f- Everybody, well, most people have a butt and you can access pleasure from there even if you're a penis owner or many bits in between. And I think that it's not my, that's not my recommendation to go watch American (laughs) Pie. However, (laughs) yeah, I think uh, there can be the judgment or the taboo nature of anal sex is, is, it runs very deep. Mm -hmm. And there's a million different reasons why. And I think that you could probably assume that taboo it's sometimes taboo for women. Taboo could make things hotter too. Well, that's way. what I think yeah. about it. And, and <laughs> like, is it taboo to stick a finger in uh, my partner's butt for
0: instance that like I it, don't like I wouldn't think that but plenty of people might be like oh, with these talons yes he's a dude and yeah with the talons it's dangerous but he's a dude and he likes his fingers ass so he must be gay and that is such bullshit so orientation is about the people that we're sexually attracted to and this person said they're heterosexual and then had an experience with someone who sounds like they identify as he and you could still be heterosexual maybe because sometimes people have sex with people or have sexual experiences that isn't actually about attraction it's about an experience Um, So it's not about the behavior. It's not about the actions. It's I'm attracted to these people as as a group or all kinds of people if you're pansexual. And you can decide what that is. But yeah, there is still a lot of stigma. Like if you do this thing, you must be gay. And it's not about the behavior. That's bullshit.
1: And the good news is if you're identifying as a heterosexual male and you can't imagine having another penis owner's penis inside of you because you're like, I'm straight. You could have a butt plug. You could have a dildo. So that could be an option for you, too. You don't have to have an actual human cock if you don't want to. Yeah. And you could still experience the pleasure that this person uh, was able to experience. And there's no judgment. I'm just saying if for some reason some some folks might be like, nope, because, you know, that just to you doesn't make sense. It's like sometimes when you talk about you're like, I don't really enjoy licking pussy. You're like, I- I've never done it. Exactly. I don't I, just
0: thought that I don't enjoy. I don't want to. Right. Well, exactly. <laughs>
1: and so some folks might be like, I don't want to have uh, another man's penis in my a- anus but I am very curious about yeah. what anal sex would feel like so yeah. there's
0: some options for you out some there some people just like to try things too they just want, there's one there's some yeah. curiosity like you're yeah so maybe you could call them bicarious if they're trying things with other people but I don't know I think so no shame in your anal game good for you as long as it's consensual it's awesome and we support you heck
1: yeah okay bio time yeah Darshana is nurturing a culture of erotic wholeness. Many know her from her groundbreaking work on Netflix's Sex, Love, and Goop, where she shared her trauma-informed, nature-based, justice-oriented approach to somatic sex and intimacy education. In her private practice and group journeys, she supports people to embrace their erotic nature and thrive in their lives and relationships. To learn more, visit
0: darshanaavala.com. All right, everyone It is interview time. And we are here with our dear friend and repeat guest, Darshana Avila. And we love Darshana. She is, well, quite brilliant, especially when it comes to all things sex and relationships. She was actually featured in a Netflix show as well. What's the name of it? I forgot what the what was again? What was it called? Sex, love, and goop. Sex, love, and goop. (laughs) I watch it. I'm like, I know her. She's fabulous. Yes, Yes, (laughs) she is. And so we're here today to talk about fingering, finger banging, hand sex on pussies, assholes, you know, holes. And Darshana actually is a sexological body worker as well as a uh, somatic sex relationship coach and many other things. And so she's the perfect person to talk about putting fingers in and on holes. So <clears throat> ooh, I almost choked myself. got so excited. <laughs> um, <laughs> Please don't. I got the Heimlich. I got the Heimlich. Uh, even, so even though you've been on our show a couple of times, I believe, uh, can you tell our listeners a little bit about how you got to where you are today in the field of sexuality?
2: Yeah, well, the how really started with my own explorations, because, you know, got to use the laboratory of your own life. Um, And I thought that I was going to coach people on how to be more spiritual. And it turned out that the spiritual path that I was most intrigued by had a lot to do with sex. And so I Found myself turning that into a career. That's the the personal origin story. And then, as far as how I've kind of crafted my toolkit, you and I met back in the somatica days. That's one of the toolkits that that I or tools in my kit that's there. Um, and sexological bodywork is is a modality that I have been working with um, for gosh doing math in my head right now, um, <laughs> something like eight years. Um, and what that is, it's an erotic therapeutic model that includes full body touch, it includes genital touch. And I'm sure I'm not surprising anybody when I say that's a really rare thing to encounter in a professional modality, like it's either medical or it's a no go. Right. And sexological body work exists in this space in between where um, touch gets to be offered um, to people in in a manner that can be incredibly healing and empowering and informative. And also it can center pleasure and teach you how to feel good in your body and have techniques and practical skills. Um, So my work is specifically through a trauma informed lens of helping people really learn how to regulate their nervous systems, occupy their bodies more. And then from that foundation of relaxation and safety, you get to explore all the possibilities of what can really feel good. And that includes fingers in holes as we're Mm. here to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The work you're doing
1: is so incredible. and, And thank you for that. And it's funny because I think Amy and I, this is, 350 plus episodes that we've recorded. And I think, I don't know if we received feedback or we just realized down the road that... We have never done an episode in all of those three hundred. We've talked about it during episodes, or oh, experts have spoken about fingers in different orifices. Obviously, we d- we talk about that a lot, but we've never done an episode specifically geared towards fingering mm-hmm. and uh, and so. orifice. I know. <laughs> why
0: why? did that slip under the r- radar? <laughs> sometimes it
1: just does. It's like the things like where you're looking for. I sometimes I look for my hairbrush. It's right in front of my face, but I can't find it. Does that ever happen to anyone else? Okay, wow. I think. I I want
0: to give credit to. I think, use a hairbrush. She's got two curly I, hair. I a hairbrush once a week when I actually wash oh, my hair. Oh, it has to, my. I have to brush it when it's wet unless you want it to be the. 80s. I wasn't shaving. <laughs> I was just saying like you have curly hair. So uh, the so this uh podcast, I think it's the Honey Do Me podcast. We were looking. Oh, I right. think that's it's the one. That's the one. We we're looking at their episodes and we guessed it on their show and hopefully they'll come on our our show. I believe at some point. And we were looking at their episodes and we're like oh, they have some good ones. They had finger finger banging or, or fingering and then another one that we have not done yet but we hope to do it Point, which we're not doing today, but is face fucking. So we'll get there. But thank you, Honey Do Me podcast. If you haven't listened to that one, go check it out. They're awesome. And yeah, yeah, so anyways, yeah just nice to sidebar. Shout Asian. out.
1: Shout out. I love it. So that I just wanted to give a little context to why we are consulting Darshana here, who is an expert in so many levels. So this episode, obviously, it's all about fingering, but also sex, hand sex on orifices, right? Specifically, pussies and assholes. So First off, how do you define fingering and hand sex?
2: Oh, well, that's a fabulous question. I don't know that I've ever thought about that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, simply put, if you have fingers and you have a vulva, a vagina, an anus, any of the parts that you might want to be penetrating here, and you put those two together, there's finger sex right fingering that term as we understand it commonly that includes internal penetration so fingers inside vagina fingers inside anus but Really, it can be external as well as internal. And there is a lot of range of, of techniques and ways to approach um, different ways to play, really, that can turn what I often refer to as manual or digital sex, you know, finger sex for our purposes. Meaning digital,
1: like yeah. digits? Perfect. Digi- yeah. Yes. Oh, Digi- nice. Digital
2: as in digits, as in your hands <laughs> and fingers, not as in like, you know, oak computers. <laughs> okay, that's what you I was okay. to I got to clarify, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. (laughs) (laughs) we'll we'll just stick with finger sex today (laughs) but you know that's something that so i'm somebody who hates the term foreplay just gonna put that out there i really don't like distinguishing between that as different from less than needs to be a prelude to quote unquote other sex sex is what you make it it can include a huge variety of different ways to engage your body with another person's body or you with yourself or you with multiple people's bodies right so when we talk about finger sex, to me, that is just as valid and just as valuable a way to be sexual as genital to genital or mouth to genital. And like I said, there's a tremendous amount of range to be explored here. So, are you
1: okay with five play then?
2: Five. Did oh, it?
0: oh <laughs> I mean, if you've five got fingers. five people, that's or like five. Like, is, five that fingers, is that fisting?
1: Is okay like yeah, that fisting with four? Sounds like I good. I don't know where four play came. It's not spelled like the number four, but I thought five play would be cute because Mm -hmm. four playing five. I don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but I thought you'd think that was funny, Darshan. And now you know, scratch it. I'm gonna work on my
0: uh, my next joke for you. (laughs) I'm just full on comedian over here, and
2: we are gonna make you work for it, April. (laughs) Yeah, we're gonna make you work real hard today. Well, you're gonna work that five play.
0: At five play. And we are going to break it down to talking about the differences between fingering or hand sex externally on a vulva, internally. And we'll talk about the asshole. So don't worry, Evan, we'll get there. But I have a really important question for you, Darshana. Yes. Where does the classic finger bangs fall on the spectrum? Is that like finger? Is that hand sex? Is finger banging cool? Cause I have some history with it I don't really like. So what do you think about finger banging?
2: Okay. I I agree that there could be some complicated history there. Technique is real. Some people have it, some people don't. But if you're listening to this podcast, you're in great shape because you're gonna get some good technique. So Stay tuned, um but where does it fall? Meaning, like on the spectrum of—is it like fingering? Is it hand sex? Is there a difference between finger and hand sex, or is finger and hand so. sex? Okay, okay I'm going to say it. there's not. I'm okay. going to say it's it's it, they're all synonyms. <laughs>
0: yeah, they're all the perfect synonyms. In my the finger banging thing. So if you read our book, everyone there is uh this part where April and I are talking about our own personal experiences with things that were shameful or traumatic for us, and one of mine is called "In a Dark Room with the Bloodhound Gang." Um, and no, I was not with the Bloodhound Gang, in a dark room that music was playing by the bloodhound gang and it was my very first experience being finger banged that's me. the me
1: and you baby ain't nothing, but, nothing but mammals so song do
0: it like i didn't know when what that was until we wrote channel. the
1: book and i was like what's the bloodhound gang it was like a one hit wonder yeah and then i realized that those were the musicians
0: who made that song which was great and so. i officially don't like that song because right. i had the very first time my pussy was being touched by someone else uh, other than myself or like you know a doctor it felt terrible they're just he was just like jabbing in out in out like you know, no warm-up i mean he's warm-up instead of foreplay so i always think of finger banging as that it's just like i'm gonna
2: go with you on that one that it you know because if we're talking about it like that like banging as in literally banging something into another yeah that's finger banging and i think what gets tricky is that A lot of times we'll see, particularly in porn or like other graphic imagery, like you can see that motion happening from the outside, but that doesn't tell you anything about like the shape and the angle and all the things that are going on inside. And they're not all created equal. So it sounds to me like you got finger banged in a way that was not accounting for other things that could support you feeling pleasure and it, just sticking a finger or any object into a vagina and pounding away at it, honestly, not going to do it for most of us. So mm-hmm. I'm sorry mm-hmm. that that happened to you. And I, I yeah.
1: Yeah, it's part of my story. So (laughs) you were they aggressively sort of the the person, the dude that was he aggressively going for that? Because I was finger banged at like 14, but it was not like a banging. It was like a like a kind of like a diddling fluttering inside. (laughs) And it was not comfortable, but I did not have the tools then to say I didn't like it. I was just like, okay, that's what dudes do Uh, or that's what I want to experience. So I considered that I got fingered. Never considered that sex, which this is, it's not even a question. This is just, I guess I just want some insight yeah. for both of you. But but like, I, I be, sex is classified, defined as so many different elements, right? Hand sex, finger banging, fingering. And I never considered it sex. I was always like, this is just my rite of passage to like hang out with a dude. Now I'm not condoning that at
0: all. I was 14. And now do you call it, think of it as sex? If a hand goes on your genitals, is that sex? I think of it as warm up. <laughs> okay to m- probably But, but what about well when you're having sex or like you're having sex and then you do you ever have this happening like you have sex and then you stop to do other things but you, but someone you know someone keeps touching your pussy is that still that sex right that, or is it well, this is, I, this, this is, <laughs> it's sex is to, me. Yeah. <laughs> this to me. Yeah. I, mean, I think then it, to me, it wasn't sex because sex to me was a penis and a vagina. Right. And now to me, that is a part of my, how I define sex. But yeah, then it was like, you know, we're in a dark room. The Bloodhound Gang is playing. I was also on the TV, right? It's like the music video or something. Really? And like, this is with with a guy who like, I'm not even friends with the kid. I don't even think he liked me. It was just like, well, I guess I'll hook up with this chick it's since in all the my book. friends are with someone else. The book,
1: then you can figure
0: yeah. out all the other things. Someone being their pussy touched by someone else for the first time in a way that's supposed to be erotic or pleasurable. You know, we're dealing with like a is is brand new tissue or that is like, you know, not brand new, but hasn't really experienced that before. People like, you know, 14 year old boys with zero technique or people with zero technique probably still had a hymen intact somewhat. And so like, I'm not like, oh, fuck that guy. But I really wish that both he and I knew more about what fingering and hand sex could be because it felt terrible and it's, it's kind of stuck with me for a while.
2: Yeah. So there was this question in there of like, what do we mean when we say sex? I want to like make sure we include that one, because I think we're hearing it right now in this conversation that when you say the word sex, most people's immediate thought is penis and vagina intercourse. Right. And then even us, I think all of us probably it's like then we can do a translation like a when you know better, you do better right now. We can do a translation. Oh, no, wait a minute. Actually, sex can be more than that and yet there's also a reality that for a lot of us hands on sex is a warm up to use your words april and and i would encourage it you know like very few of our bodies are really going to be optimally ready for any kind of penetration without spending time touching, stroking, rubbing, tickling, hair pulling, teasing, all the many things that can be done externally. And then even a progression of what goes on internally, whether that's with fingers, toys, a penis, what have you. So when I said that I hate the word foreplay, it's because yes, I want to create a world in which our sex gets to be as expansive and creative as we want to be. And we stop thinking about it only as penis and vagina intercourse. And we exist in a world where that is what we have been conditioned to orient to when we hear the word sex. So it's kind of like a both and, and we're straddling that divide. Mm -hmm. Now, this whole question of like, what's finger banging versus fingering and technique and the experience that you shared about Amy, it's Unfortunately, I think for many of us, our first experiences, especially if it's happening in our young teen years, lack nuance, lack technique, lack skill. And it is very much like you were literally in a dark room and dark room or not, most of us are fumbling around in the dark. Mm -hmm. So let me just talk to you then about some technique. How does that sound?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause we were going to break this down with like talking about more the external part of the pussy, like what people should know. Um, because the butt, the
1: bum, that's a
0: totally different technique, right? One external versus also internal time for a quick break. So we can tell you about our carefully chosen sponsors
1: please stay tuned and buy their products because we only tell you about what we love and what we truly believe in. And it helps keep this podcast free to you. Maybe we should start with the external part of the pussy. And when it comes to hands on the vulva and clitoris, and I think that does that feel good to you, Dishar- Dish- Darshana. 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 Darshana? I always Darshana. do that.
2: I've done that in every single episode you've been on. Like, okay, it's great. I, I, I think third time's the charm. You're doing great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So let's start external vulva. And if you happen to be watching this on YouTube, I'm going to hold up my vulva puppet right now. Oh, it's so beautiful. I, it's a vulva puppet. Yeah. And if you're not watching, you can imagine an oversized puppet that is shaped like a vulva and mm-hmm. see what. Mind happens to conjure. Um, But because I'm holding up an oversized puppet, I can't actually cover it with my hand the way that I would a vulva. But if I'm coming into contact with someone's body, and this is absolutely true for how I work with my clients, but this is also what I do with my lovers who have vulvas. So it's like it all applies. This does not have to be clinical in nature, even though it might happen in a session. The starting point for me is pretty much always the same. And that's not because I'm boring and monotonous. It's because there are certain things that work. And one of the things that works best is still touch and broad touch. So starting point, ending point for me is a flat hand gently draped over the vulva. Heel of the hand on the pubic mound, fingers pointing down is the more natural fit. So you can adjust your body, get, you know, get alongside your person or, you know, sit in front of them or what have you, but hand over the pubic mound and fingers pointing down on a normal sized vulva, not a giant puppet is going to cover the majority of it. And if you do that with a light touch, not like, oh my God, I can barely feel you light, but also not pressing heavily on it. That's a way of sending a really calming present message to the nervous system of like, hey, I'm here and I'm with you and I'm tuning in and I'm not going to move so fast and and so aggressively as to startle you. But, you know, I, I want you to know that I'm around. And from there, the technique that I would teach, especially when I work with couples and there is one, at least one vulva bearer in the couple, like this is exactly the spiel that I say to my private clients. So basically you're going to get a free session right now, everybody, lucky you. (laughs) Um, You start with that flat hand draped over the vulva. And then just start to gently rock the heel of your hand. You can go back and forth. You can go forward and back. What you're doing is a little bit of movement over the pubic mound. If the person has pubic hair, you can even play with the pubic hair a little bit starting on a part of the anatomy that is a little bit less sensitive and delicate. Again, it allows for a progression that gives your whole body, your whole nervous system, a chance to kind of get warmed up and ready. And then from there, you've got, you know, I'm I'm doing this at a weird angle because I'm trying to Show it to those of you who might see the camera. If you don't
1: have us on YouTube, check out Shameless Sex on YouTube because this is a beautiful display. You're doing so great. I just wanted to say that to
2: all of our listeners right now. And if not, it's okay because it's okay. You're getting a visual. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because you can imagine heel of the hand up on the pubic mound, fingers pointing down. And then from there, you can start to move the fingers in a light motion that's almost, I'm going to say the word tickle, but tickling is a really provocative touch. Some people love it. Some people don't. So you got to really find out what works for the person in question, but just a light movement of the fingers where you're not trying to go straight for the clit. And guys, gals, people of all gender, folks, please don't go straight for the clit. Like Mm -hmm. rule 101. It is not like a hot button that you just... you know, like go right for that. And back to the like unskillful teenage sex fumbling around in the dark that was just mentioned. That's often what goes on. It's either a beeline for the clit or a beeline for entering the vagina. And there's no warming up and there's no getting juicy and ready, which is exactly what all of this more peripheral touch gets to be about. So after you've got the hand on the, the heel of your hand on the pubic mound and the fingers pointing down You can then shift your, like adjust your hand, adjust your orientation to what feels good for your body as the giver, because that's important too. If you're at a really awkward angle and your body is tense and you're trying to figure out, oh, how am I doing this well? That's the energy that you're transmitting, right? So the extent to which you actually feel more relaxed and at ease and comfortable in your own body, that's the energy that you're gonna be giving to your lover, bonus points for that. So take your deep breaths, Get your body in a good position and then start with more peripheral touch where you're stroking the inner thighs, where you're lightly grazing fingers up and down the outer labia. So, again, if you're watching on YouTube, cool. You get to see this. If the parts of the vulva that I'm naming are not familiar to you, please Go look it up. I'm going to do a shout out for the vulva gallery. Go Mm -hmm. to their website. You get to see gorgeous depictions of so many different vulvas and really legit anatomy. Mm -hmm. So just take yourself there stroking nice and wide. So what I'm doing right now is similar to what I would do on an actual sized vulva. I've got my index finger and my middle finger, and I'm opening them into a V and I'm stroking up and down the outer edges. Another way, and I'm going to, I got to get like really creative here. (laughs) Another technique, camera (laughs) angles, for those who can see, is to use your Thumbs, because with our thumbs, we've got more dexterity and can give a little more pressure. So you can use your thumbs, always lubricated. I don't think I've said that yet. And it totally said please use lube. Fingers on a dry pussy, no bueno. Mm -mm. And if you are someone who lubricates, the lubrication is happening internally. So if right now we're focused on the external areas, there is no lubrication there. It does not matter how wet that pussy is on the inside. We actually wanna be taking really good care of these external tissues. So with lube, you can glide and stroke your thumbs up and down the labia, applying varying degrees of pressure Sure, moving at different speeds. And what's fun about this? What's cool about this is that all of this touch that's happening more peripherally along the labia is helping because everything's connected to everything, right? Like we we know that song that we sang when we were kids or what have you. It Head, also- shoulders, or-
1: knees, and toes. <laughs> clean, <laughs> I love that right? one. <laughs> so
2: clit, or is legs. it my neck,
1: my neck, my back, my pussy, and my crick? that one too? Okay, that good. That one yeah. too.
2: And now we need another version that is like. Head of the clit, legs of the clit, bulbs of the clit, it's all <laughs> yeah. right. Because when you're stroking these external areas, what you're doing is providing indirect touch to the structures of the vagina, the clitoris. All of the tissues that can actually engorge. Because, in case you didn't know this, it's not only penises that get erect. Um, We have all of the same parts configured in different ways for bodies that have vulvas and vaginas. And the clitoris, in particular, has structures that fill with fluid. And that's what makes sex more pleasurable, is when things get plump and juicy. So, taking the time to really rub and stroke, and you could be licking, and you could be teasing, and you could be blowing, and you could be doing whatever it is to spend time more broadly on the external surfaces, that's going to help to get that juiciness happening. As far as the clip goes, different people respond in different ways, but generally speaking, like I already said, you don't want to go. Can you talk
1: about that hood though? Can you talk about that hood? If you're looking Um, on YouTube, it's a literal, it looks like a hood. However, you could get
2: confused because you're like, wait, what is that? Mm -hmm. Can you talk about that? I'm actually going to hold up a different model because the puppet is incredibly exaggerated. (laughs) Yes, it is. Here is here is a slightly more life-size, but perhaps harder to see vulva because it's black. But if you look here, and I'm, maybe if I do it at an yeah, angle. Yeah, that's great. Like exactly. The head, the, the, rather the hood of the clitoris and the outer labia are really quite connected. And this is true on most vulva-bearing bodies. So you might get confused about where's the clit? Where's the labia? Where's the hood of the clit? What's going on? On this model, you can see that the glands or the head of the clitoris peaks out very, very vi- visibly. If we look at the puppet, you can't see it at all. Mm-hmm. And this is that, like that difference, that that is very representative of what's true for our bodies. Some of us have much larger hoods, others smaller. For some of us, the head of our clitoris is quite tucked in. Others, it protrudes naturally. So different bodies, different organizations, different shapes and sizes, but also different levels of sensitivity. So yeah. when it comes to the clit, what I would recommend is as you're starting to stroke that you just gently graze over it without honing in on it yet. Mm-hmm. So, so if you're looking at this, on video, I'm stroking with three fingers up the length of the vulva, moving across the labia, over the hood. I'm not honing in on the glands in particular, and I'm not focusing on the clit at all. It's simply including it. And then little by little, you can start to circle around the clit in particular and hone your focus more. Playing with speed and pressure Also, direction and location, those four factors are like the the dials that you get to adjust on any kind of touch that you're giving in a sensual context, right? So you can go softer, you can go harder, you can go faster, you can go slower. As far as direction goes, that comes into play a lot because it'll be a different experience for the person being stroked and touched to have it go in the downward direction versus the upward. It's a different experience to circle around the clitoris versus to rub right over it. So Mm -hmm. the direction that you're bringing the touch in absolutely has an impact. And then when I say location, even on an area as small as the clit, it's not all created equal. And what bears true based on Hundreds of clients that I've worked with, and certainly I'm not the only person who would say this, um, if you have any familiarity with the practice of oming, the stroke is done on the left side for good reason. The left side of the clitoral head tends to be a bit more sensitive for most And a great way to get to know about your own sensitivity is try out touches in different places. So what happens if you stroke a little to left of center, a little to right of center? What happens if you stroke from beneath so that you're contacting more of the glands versus stroke from above so you're contacting more of the hood? And these kind of things really do make a difference. And I think what happens for a lot of us when we're with a lover in particular is the verbal dialogue is not really happening. Mm-hmm. Where we're trusting someone to just put their hands on our body and magically know what to do without guidance. And if you're maybe lucky. I hate that it comes down to luck. If you're more skilled, um, Mm -hmm. maybe your lover is saying like, how does this feel? Or maybe you're feeling empowered to be like, oh, I really like that. Or "Mm, that not so much. And I really, really more than anything want to impart just how freaking valuable it is to give and receive direction. I have yet to have a lover in my personal life. And I've yet to see this in my clients. Anyone be like, don't tell me what you like. It it just doesn't happen. (laughs) You know, if you're with a decent human being, they want to know how to please you. And there should be no expectation that someone who is either new to your body Or even somebody who is not new to your body, but who you've never really talked to about this. Like there should be no expectation that somebody just magically knows every spot to touch. Mm -hmm. And you may not know all of those spots. So consider it an opportunity to explore and experiment together. Like, oh, what if we try this? How do you like that? A little more pressure over here, shift a little to the right. These kind of things for, and the other is like the myth of if I say something, I'm going to ruin the mood. Mm -hmm. No, you're not you're not going to fucking ruin the mood. You're going to enhance the mood because then you're going to be moving in the direction of something that is more pleasurable. Your partner gets the positive feedback loop of knowing, Ooh, I'm doing a good job for them. Yay. And everyone likes to know that they're doing a good job. Really? Like, even if you don't have a praise kink, I totally have a praise kink. (laughs) I am like doing the work that I do because people tell me all the time that I'm really good at stroking their pussy. I've made a living out of it. That's awesome.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So wait, is this left? quadrant thing is that for right-handed people or is it for everyone this left clitoral quadrant piece that you said because i'm stuck on this and i'm like i can't get over it It i can't get over it
2: the purse the vulva in question that is being touched it would be the left side of their clitoris so you're facing front of your lover it's actually your right is their left so right okay
1: okay and do you think if you're
0: you're touching me it's my left but it's your right Correct. Got it.
1: And then, do you think that's the same for all vulva owning, like vulva, if you're a vulva haver? Because you know how people that own uh, testicles, for instance, external test, they like the 85%. Well, if well, you're no, right-handed, the left hand, the left usually hangs lower than the right, and if you're left-handed, the right hangs lower than does, the left. Perfect. I this know is, that
0: I know that 85% of people have a left le- testicle hangs lower, and 85% of people are right-handed. But does it perfectly go with? So
1: their- only 10% of the population is left-handed. That's like, that's what the statistics show. So 10%. So it's actually 90. But or have, they, have they shown that it
0: actually coincides with their... I don't know. That's nominee. a theory
1: that I have that I've used as a party trick since I was like 25, where I was like, any dude that I've met that is right-handed, their left testicle hangs lower than their right. And vice versa, if they're
0: left-handed. If I've even hooked up with any left-handed... Dude, really? interesting. I don't know if I'm going how. to be
2: paying attention to this oh, yeah, yeah, I don't no. know. I just like nothing these. I've heard of. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Time for a quick break to talk about one of our sponsors who just so happens to be our absolute favorite lube Uberlube. Uberlube is a luxurious silicone lubricant and it enhances intimacy it's there when you want it and it blends in when you're done with it so you have control over that lube it's long lasting and leaves the skin extra velvety and honestly all i want it all over my body thousands of doctors in the u.s are recommending uber lube to their patients it's body friendly thus likely to change the ph and it has vitamin e so it feels extra moisturizing
1: There's a reason why we've been a fan of Uberlube for years. There's no flavor or scent. It's even great for oral sex, everyone. But it's not just great for sex. You can use it for massage, your hair, you can prevent chafing. It even brings out the colors of your beautiful tattoos. And the bottle is absolutely gorgeous. It looks more like a cosmetic, so you can leave it anywhere shamelessly for easy access. Just go to UberLube.com and use the discount code SHAMELESS10 to get 10% 10% off and free shipping. Again, that's U-B-E-R-L-U-B-E.com right now with code SHAMELESS10 for 10% off and free shipping. This podcast is also brought to you by omgs.com. Join over 1 million people who are experiencing more pleasure with OMGS. They take scientific research of thousands of vulva owners showing techniques to pleasure that pussy. They turn this research into tasteful, educational, short videos, animated modules, and infographics. OMGS is for anyone who wants to learn about vulva pleasure or take it to the next level. Want to take your orgasms from good to out of this world? Then check out OMGS. Or if you're a vulva lover and want to up your
0: pussy pleasuring skills, then you need to check out OMGS. I've personally been recommending OMGS to my clients for years and it's completely changed their lives. They have three seasons, External pleasure, internal pleasure, and sex toys. It's not a subscription service and you don't need to download a thing. OMGS also makes a fabulous gift and your purchase supports more pleasure research. So just go to omgs.com slash shameless to get 10% off right now. Again, that's omgs.com slash shameless to receive 10% off unlimited access towards enhancing your pleasure power. The link is in the episode's description. So moving on, but good. But I'm glad we addressed that. And to ask a question. So, so I wanted to just say this because if people aren't watching, um, what I'm noticing with your hands, what you're doing with your fingers, they're, you're using the flats of your fingers on the body as opposed to the tips. And yep. I often talk about creepy pokey finger, creepy pokey fingers, like where you're like jabbing in. That's like the finger bang fingers, creepy pokey finger. Creepy po- pokey <clears throat> finger or like the point of your finger will be helpful for going to orifices, which we're going to get to. But when you're touching like the external parts you're not just like using that point. because at well, least for me when people do that, it's it's like, It's too, it's intense. It's like tickly, pokey, creepy, pokey fingers.
2: (laughs) I have yet to come across a body that responds well to being poked at in those, particularly in the genital region. And yes, you'll notice that I'm using the pads of my fingers. Mm -hmm. Even when it comes to penetrative touch, you're Mm -hmm. not leading with the tip tip of your finger. And especially if you have nails, which... You know, there's an aesthetic consideration, but then there's also like a tactile, sensate consideration. I like to leave a little bit of length on my nails because of all of the sensual stuff that I love to do to bodies non genitally. Mm. And I generally will keep my index finger and middle finger on my right hand because I'm a righty. I will generally keep those two nails shorter or. You need to know how to navigate if you have nails. That's a whole technique and a skill set unto itself. Alternatively, wearing gloves can be really, really helpful for kind of muting out the effect of nails. But all of that said, you're still not leading with the nails, Mm. (laughs) like pretty much ever. Mm. You want to go with the pads of the fingers or you're wanting to go with like your whole hand or the length of your fingers. Sometimes more is more from a touch standpoint, which by which I mean getting more surface area of your hand and your fingers to contact the vulva can actually be a really lovely experience. And then there will be times where a more precise refined touch is the thing that you want to go for. But as far as like a progression goes across that spectrum, you want to start out with the broader touch, with more of your surface area, contacting more of their surface area, and then little by little progressing to things that are more refined. I'm going to cough. So hang on a second. Wait, go ahead. Um, excuse me. Oh, good. <laughs> Wasn't that bad. No. Um, it was I was
1: like, oh, For those nice. of
2: you who are getting the model, like what you're seeing me do is, and I'm going to do it from like a side view, like I'm using these soft pads of my fingers, both because it's going to provide more surface area. I can control it when I say like my, I have better dexterity here. Like I can adjust the angles, I can adjust the pressure. And then it's real easy. Like I can go from using the length of my fingers, right? Like full length of my fingers stroking up and down. And then very easily the pad of my finger is focusing in on the clit right now. And Mm -hmm. so it's real easy. Easy to kind of shift between depending upon the experience that you want to create with someone, but you're not seeing me go like this. Yeah, with the point of your finger. Yeah. yeah big- I I just
0: like I just recently discovered my clip boner like in the last year. Um, I mean, it's not that I've never had hands on my own pussy or um external pussy, or that I've never, yeah. I mean, it's just I discovered the actual the tissue that gets engorged and i'm like wow i have like a total clip boner right now
1: Well, you forget about when you see these models which i because it is in reference to what you're saying is that the models like darshana is showing and that i forget is that it's flat and it usually curves so your clip boner doesn't look like, like stick what you're out like saying. a cock no it, yeah. it kind of like goes um kind like it downwards it's like it's yeah. like up and over so that's something that I didn't realize either because I always see flat modeled vulvas. Yeah. Right. And then when you see the clitoris, you're like, what the fuck oh, am I yeah. looking at? So I just think that that's an important part, but I didn't want to interrupt you. But and, I do think well, that say, when,
0: And when I'm stimulating the, m- my clip boner, I am using those two fingers. You talked about the, the flats, uh, the pads of my fingers. I'm not going on the head of the clit. I'm actually just hanging it on the hood, like the upper part of the hood. And I'm doing some sort of like back and forth swirly thing. If anyone is confused about hand things for, you know, comes to hand sex uh, on vulvas, OMGS is a really great resource for that. That's where a lot of people see and learn like, oh, there's all these things you can do like swirls and tapping and other areas outside of the clitoris. Um, And so I find that very helpful. Go check out OMGS.com. I think slash shameless sex or shameless, you get a discount. And then the other thing I wanted to add to that is when I use my vibrator though, and I use the air section ones, I am using it on the left side of my clit. Wow, I'm a perfect statistic. And it works really, really well you know for my what's body. You know
1: weird? I wonder if I'm affected by that because I have outer labia damage from that a side. sex accident on the left side uh, of baby. my vulva. So I avoid my left side. This is why I was curious. I'm not left-handed, but I I don't like prefer stimulation towards my left side because of previous damage yeah. when I was like 17.
2: Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Well, and that would make sense because you know something specific that has happened to your body and and that would potentially like negate whatever the the kind of formative imprint is. And just because the left side tends to be more sensitive for many does not mean it's true for all. And it does not mean that in your case, April, this is like a great example. Like, It doesn't mean that you can't have pleasure from your clit. It just means that you're shifting the focus elsewhere and figuring out what's available. And while we're talking about the clit, and again, for those of you who are getting the the visual, so I'm holding up like a 3D model of the full clitoris itself. And that's attached to this vulva. They go together. But to your point about angles, our, our vulvas are not like you know, flush fully straight to our body and our clitoris is not flush fully straight to our vulva as any kind of model like this would show. It's more that our vulva curves around down beneath the pubic bone, like and and then into our crotch. And then the clit is more at this angle. Right. So, Mm -hmm. so if we enter into the vagina, what you're seeing here is like the clitoris and its structures are set back at like a roughly, let's call it 45 degree or so angle that, that moves along the vaginal, like the vaginal canal actually passes between the bulbs of the clitoris. Mm -hmm. So this is why the kind of, when I said earlier that like Stroking the labia offers indirect touch to the clitoris, and then as we move toward internal and penetrative touch, when you're like when you're putting a finger or a penis or a toy inside the vagina, these bulbs are wrapped around that canal, that channel that the penetration is happening in, and so they're getting a lot of delicious friction that way. So Mm. it's I'm kind of jumping ahead. I'm getting out of order here because I'm talking about yeah no that was our next thing. We want to move
0: to the internal
2: anatomy. But I do I want to offer one one more external technique okay. that you kind of tipped me off to like my memory of it, Amy. Here's, you, you talked about your clip boner. Mm-hmm. And I want to introduce you to the notion of what I refer to as the baby hand job. And <laughs> sort feel of a little derivative mm-hmm. for some, so call it whatever the hell you want to call it. But what it is, is index finger and thumb, the paths of them actually gripping the sides of the head of the clitoris, which you will be able to feel, and it will feel a little bit like a boner because it gets hard. So it might feel softer at the beginning. And then as arousal builds, you'll notice this tissue start to get a bit more rigid. It might swell and get engorged, could be visibly so. Nothing wrong if it's not visible, but you can actually take your index finger and your thumb in a very soft pinch And you can just kind of squeeze and release. You can roll it as if you were like rolling a little something between your finger pads. And that can feel really, really delicious to some. Nothing is ever going to be one size fits all, different bodies, different preferences. But that's a technique that I introduced to a lot of my clients. And they're like, oh, wow. Kind of like the air sucker vibrators, which I'm a huge fan of. Like that's pretty much all I ever want these days. Yeah gotta love those air so suckers oh good. So good and i know some people don't like them i'm one, like, one of those April's people thought, yeah this is I love it everybody's sorry. got their yeah. potions. Yeah. everybody's the got yeah. their preferences so you may or may not like this but in the interest of introducing some other options instead of just like grinding on the clit or you know the flicking thing that you name please don't flick the clit like don't unless flick. that's a kink of the persons and like they're really into it don't flick the flick um, or the slap the, the you slap the do, <laughs> yeah, I mean, some people I don't like mind the slap. some people like that because what's happening, like when we. Introduce like a sharper, faster sensation, like a slap, like more than what's happening, like right there on that precise spot, is that it kind of brings your whole being to attention. Mm-hmm. So when you're getting like a nice, sensual, yummy rub, 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 and then all of a sudden, like a little slap comes in, it can, it can like wake you up. It, it can bring you into presence in the same way that slap on your ass can do that. So mm-hmm. try it out. See how it feels. Like some of us really love to be slapped, to be spanked. Some of us. Really love pain. And that's a whole other, you know, spectrum of sensation that I'm talking about more sensual touch right now and not pain centric touch. And some people actually really do like receiving intense sensation and pain on their vulva. If that's you and you know that about yourself already, awesome. Explore it. Let your lovers know. And if that's not you and you're curious, I would just say, like, try it safely and slowly with someone you really trust, like watch some good BDSM educators or, or something out there. Like I'm not going to go down that whole rabbit hole right now, um, but it's valid. And I just mm. want to speak to all the possibilities yeah. out there. So everybody it, feels included. It <laughs> serves a time and place. Like if I'm you know, just
0: starting to have a hand on my pussy and they go right for the slap and my body's like, what you doing? Uh-huh. You know, we need, we need some, some warm up there. And then the slap serves a time, and place, just like fast and hard does, which brings us to fingering someone internally. Any specific do's and That you have for us.
2: So it is very context specific. Like if I am in a first, like if I'm in a session with a client, it's the first time that I'm penetrating them, there is absolutely nothing that would get me to enter them quickly. I'm going to go slow. And so what slow is going to look like is that I am going to slide a finger up and down the slit, a well-lubricated finger. Up and down the slit between their labia and kind of just tease a little bit. And then I'm going to let my finger rest at the entrance of their vagina. So I'm generally using my index finger for something like this. And I will generally lead with single finger penetration when it's somebody new. And until we kind of know like how things are feeling, um, if they have consent, if it's an established client of mine or a lover of mine whose body I know different, like I might choose differently, but I'm just kind of talking about like, how do we create a really consensual first experience? Like, let's just assume that that's what's happening. So you stroke a finger up and down the labia, start to help the the vaginal opening to spread. And then by resting a finger at the opening, and again, just like in the beginning, how we started with a flat hand in stillness over the whole vulva, that fingertip at the entrance of the vagina is giving everything in this person's body, primarily their nervous system, a chance to calibrate and to get on board and be like okay great this is what we're doing now got it and you might say like you 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 could wait and, and say like, hey, like maybe we take a few deep breaths or something like that because the breath will support that opening happening. And what absolutely can be true for some, but I don't want people like going on a quest for this. Like if it happens, it happens, great. Is that by letting the finger rest and really being intentional and present, you might experience that your finger kind of gets drawn in, which is to say that the vagina kind of like comes and, and, and like suctions you in a bit. I've had that happen before. Again, I'm not suggesting that everybody has to chase after this experience because it will be different for different people, but it's a like there's a possibility. What I'm saying here is there's a possibility to let the person who is receiving the touch actually be the one that sets the pace by the way that their body is responding. And whether or not their body just magically draws you in, they can still very much be the pace setter if you choose it that way. And you, if as the giver, can say, like, hey, are you ready for more? Would you like me to go deeper like and communicate about it. And once inside, you know, initially speaking, so let's talk about, let's go back to the whole finger bang thing and this idea of a straight pokey jabby finger. Just no. No, (laughs) I agree. Absolutely no. There's really never going to be a reason why a rigid, tense, straight finger should ever be the thing that you're using. What you want, you'll hear people talk about the come hither motion. A lot of us like have an association with that and finger fucking. And that sometimes is what's going on. But if you think about come hither as like a really hooked finger, that's actually more exaggerated of an angle than we're generally at. What you're looking for is like a relaxed finger that curves naturally along the knuckles, along the joint, and can shape itself to the curvature of the vagina because it is not a straight flat hole. Again, in the same way that we were talking about the angle of the clitoris being kind of set back beneath the pubic bone, same holds true for the vagina. So you're dealing with curves, you're dealing with contours, and you want to follow the curves and the contours of the body, not move against them. If you stick a rigid finger, that is exactly what you're doing. If you put a rigid finger inside a curved vagina, you're not actually going with the contours. So have your finger be relaxed enough that you can shape yourself to the vagina. And then I usually like to begin just with a little bit. And and if you're looking at the video, I'm actually moving my arm and my wrist more than my finger. So Mm -hmm. those initial movements are coming from the arm more so, and the finger is just Is is gliding against the tissues, and then after a little while of that, you can start to get a little more dexterity going. You can start to curl the finger. If you introduce a second finger, that can be you know delicious to keep them close together. But then you also get more range where you can split the fingers apart a little bit. You can hook the fingers, and what you want to be doing again is focusing the pressure on the pads of the fingers, not the tippy tips, the pads of the fingers connecting with this, the tissues of the vagina. Now, in the same way that I said before, like left side of the clit tends to be most sensitive, um, upper wall of the vagina tends to be most sensitive. There are side walls. There is a lower wall. Everything is fair play and you can learn about your own body, learn about your lover's body. And to upper, find, Sorry,
0: towards the belly button, that's upper? Yes, toward
2: the belly button is the, thank you, toward Mm -hmm. the belly button is the upper wall, toward the butt is the bottom wall, and then side to side, Mm -hmm. and You know, when I'm newly exploring with someone, like often I'll sweep my finger kind of over the the upper wall to the side, like a rainbow motion. Mm -hmm. Kind of like a rainbow motion, or if I have two fingers in there, I'll kind of widen and then bring them back toward one another so that I'm contacting different points. And you can do this in a really like slow, precise way and get feedback of like, how's that feel? Do you like it here? Is there a spot that feels really good to you? Generally speaking, though spots are less the thing when it comes to vaginal penetration. And it is the the overall sensation of gliding across um, a wider piece of tissue and also that penetrative like in out motion that's going to create the pleasure. And the reason why the upper wall of the vagina tends to be the most sensitive is that's also where our urethral sponge happens Mm -hmm. to reside. That is often referred to as the G spot. Another term that I don't like because I don't like that women and females' mm. body parts are named after random male doctors, some um, Dr. Graffenberg dude. <laughs> uh, so I'm gonna say urethral sponge, even though it's a freaking mouthful. And the urethral sponge is like a lot of people are like, where is it? Where, you know, like, and they're diving like all the way down in the canal, like basically at the cervix, wondering where did it go. And I'm hope pulling up the puppet again. So this little lacy bit is meant to represent the urethral sponge. And what you'll notice is it's very close to the entrance. Mm-hmm. So for most of us, the urethral sponge is about the depth of the first knuckle of our finger. So the pad of the finger, maybe a tiny bit deeper for some bodies, maybe even closer to the front for others. But that first pad, that pad of the finger to the first knuckle is generally speaking going to be sufficient for you to be able to stimulate the urethral sponge. And this is where squirt comes from in case you didn't know in case you were wondering it I is I like just
1: calling it squirt I that's that. actually
2: quite nice squirt, squirt. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's hot and that can you know for some of us that is like a uh, often natural easy frequent part of our sexual experience is that oh squirt happened liquid releases it's n- that there's nothing wrong with that um it's also something that some of us might feel kind of like what is going on and is this mysterious and how do I make this happen? And if you're curious about that, your urethral sponge is what you're going to want to learn how to explore, get a lover to explore. And this is where finger fucking comes into play most often because Some of us, the only way that we might know how to squirt or the way that we might prefer to squirt is with a a faster, more pressure intensive stroking of the, the urethral sponge. And that's where like, it can look like finger banging. But if you notice the angle of my fingers, I'm not rigidly straight. I still have a soft curve. I'm gonna put myself around the contour of their body and what I've found, and this is particularly true, like when I self-stimulate my urethral sponge, I don't need all of that intense friction that often, like a lover would give to me, or that I might give to another lover. So you get to experiment with what actually works for your body, like that it, that kind of finger fucking looking and you know and feeling approach, totally fine if that's what feels good to you, but you might actually find that a gentler touch is is just as effective. What it really has to do with for a lot of us who don't happen to like spontaneously squirt is it has to do with relaxation, um, because there will be a buildup of pressure. It'll feel like you might have to pee. You'll wonder what's going on if you're not familiar with it and relaxing into it, like deepening your breath, repeating, it's okay to let go or whatever the mantra is that you need to encourage you or asking your lover to say that making sure that you have like a squirt proof blanket down on the bed. So you're not stressed. I cannot say that highly enough. Like don't be stressed about ruining your mattress. Just put a waterproof blanket down. It's the it's an- liberator
0: fascinator throw is fabulous, everyone. They have we have it at purepleasureshop.com. You get 15% of coupon code coupon code Shameless Sex. April and I both own it. We swear by it. I have two it's, of them. And then and yeah, I have two as laundry. well. I know I have a backup, and I'm like I don't have to worry about, like, what's the mess? And I prefer it in the color black in case yes. you're doing some anal and you don't want to see some things.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's good for menstrual blood. It's good for anything that might come out of your butt. It's good for catching all the fluids. It's good for cum. Like, yeah, mm. it's it's great. Like, protect your sheets, protect your mattress, but mostly protect your peace, protect mm. your sanity so that you're not sitting there stressing out of like, oh, my God, I made a mess. Because the worst I once like had a lover and I just like going to town on my sheepskin rug. Oh. it's not easy. No. to clean, No,
1: no, you friends. can't comb it out either. You no. cannot comb it not out. Not easy
2: to clean. and no. put yeah. down the waterproof blanket. It's actually, not
1: cleanable. It never looks the same. It looks kind of like you have a crimper Infect. on it. So I don't recommend it. Um, and I love this conversation because I wanted to add two don'ts. The the one don't you already mentioned, which was uh, long nails. So mm-hmm. if you are entering anyone's pussy and or assholes, which you're going to get into in just a moment, definitely have the nails trimmed. And we've had so many episodes on asshole insertion of fingers and assholes, and 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 if you can feel it, like it's a it's a hangnail dragging on your lip, and it would hurt your lip. It's not going to be good for a bum, and vaginally you can think about the same thing. You can think yeah. about that. But I also wanted to point out something that I cannot reiterate again and again and again and again. It's like have your hands be clean because the pussy I have had, I don't know how many UTIs because of someone that said they clean their hands. I asked them, are you sure your hands have been washed? Yes. Yes. And not necessarily. So, so I just want to reiterate that so specifically to this conversation because that just like brings me to the asshole part which is the same um not being an asshole for not having your hands
0: playing Isn't but it funny? I just being want to the say same that we're talking about like, assholes for pussies and assholes and we use those words to insult people. You're yeah. such a pussy. You're such an asshole. I'm like, why are we using body parts? Anyways, continue April. <laughs> I was gonna say that. So
1: that those were my don'ts and I I know Darshana, you'll totally agree. So uh, we can 100%. move into the asshole. But if, let's if, move
0: into the asshole. Let's move
1: into the asshole. I just wanted to reiterate that <laughs> because right. it's so important. So, let's talk about fingers in assholes. That's your Chocolate. top tips for pleasurable hands to the ass sex. Yeah.
2: So I'm going to echo and chime in on the please for the love of all that is good and holy, wash your hands, <laughs> wash them, wash them, wash them. Also not a bad idea to keep hand sanitizer near the bed as a backup. You also though, however, don't want to put like freshly sanitized hands that are still damp with like the alcohol from that, that cleaner mm-hmm. right onto these mucous membranes. So just beer, you know, like adjust accordingly. Um, but Any kind of dirt under the nails on the hands can create infection. Also, too, since we're about to talk about assholes, if it goes in or on the asshole, it goes nowhere else, nowhere else (laughs) until you clean it. And that goes for your fingers. So if you are doing a little dual action, you've got to dedicate a pussy finger and an ass finger and do not mix them up. All right, y'all like Mm -hmm. very important, very, very, very important.
1: That said, <laughs> <laughs> how about okay. a hand? I think if you have two, if you have two hands, does designate, that's what I tell my partner. I'm like, please designate one hand to my butt and one hand to my vag because I'm so sensitive. And that might not be for everyone, but it does help me or because gloves. I'm so sensitive. Gloves, just, so helpful. We don't really use, I like to feel the, the, the like his actual fingers. Yeah. And if you have a latex allergy, it's a pain in the ass. So for me and not everyone, it, people that are super sex, like like sex positive, we'll probably have gloves. But with my partner, I'm like, I want your fingers
0: inside of me. I like to feel your fingers. I feel that so, way. But like with, when it comes to like my experiences with often hands, use gloves with your partner, hands, we're, we actually just started using them nice. like a lot more. And and you can get them. You get nitrile. We can get things without latex really easily. You can get it at pretty much any, you know, um, pharmacy, whatever store. I was going to say brands, but we're not going to do that. But just for anal stuff, like if a hand's going on my ass, Let's put a glove on it. Then we also know what's the ass hand. And then when you're done with the glove we're like, we're not touching the ass anywhere, you just take it off. And now you have a clean hand
2: that's ready to do other things. Exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, I, both of you are raising valid points and you can choose your own adventure. There is absolutely a convenience where gloves are concerned. And from a hygienic standpoint, I mean, there's a reality like assholes unto themselves are not dirty. And they have feces in them and bacteria, and we just don't want that getting into parts of us that are susceptible to infection. And so anything that you can do to reduce the risk, I think is a good thing and choose your own adventure. Okay. That being said, how do we touch assholes? How do we put fingers into assholes? Can't emphasize this piece enough. Assholes are not self-lubricating. They're not. So in the way that a pussy can lubricate, an asshole does not. It's not saying it's dry as a desert, but it's also not going to be gushy, juicy, and and like ready to receive without some lubrication. So the things that you want to focus on, first and foremost, are really making sure that you've got ample lubrication internally and externally, because just rubbing something on the outside, which is the asshole itself or the anus, is not the same thing as the rectum or the internal channel actually having the lubrication that it needs. And the way that you can ensure that you get the lubrication inside goes hand in hand with how you warm up the asshole on the outside. So assholes, they are two sphincters, right? These tight little gates that squeeze, keep our poop inside, it's very, very useful. And we need to be able to loosen up the sphincters in order for penetration to happen in an easeful way. So I'm using my hand, if you can see like I'm just making a fist with my hand and using the little curled bit inside of my finger to represent an asshole with one hand. And then I've got my fingers of the other hand that are gonna stroke it. And when I'm first coming into contact, Contact with an asshole, the thing that I want to focus on is just some gentle touch. Often that'll be like soft circling. But after a bit, you want to focus on actively stretching the tissue, not in a forceful way, in a gentle way. So I'm still using the pads of my fingers and I'm basically just stretching side to side, top to bottom, pressing the tissues in opposite directions from one another to start to create a little bit of a natural opening. And whereas like tapping might not be like the optimal sensation on a pussy. Tapping on the asshole actually can be a really good way to go. You can vary the speed, vary the pressure. And then as you increase the pressure, the tapping includes a bit of pushing. So you're actually stretching the opening gradually bit by bit with with the either two fingers in opposite directions and or a single finger that's pressing and pressing into the opening. And then little by little after you've done that, after you've stroked up and down and all around and made sure there's plenty of lube, when the opening begins to widen, you little by little introduce your finger. So it's, unless someone is really accustomed to and comfortable with anal penetration. And some of us are. Some of us actually find that our ass opens really, really easily. Um, We can relax our bodies, we can breathe, and it's not like a whole ordeal. And others really need to move very, very slowly because it's quite sensitive. And there's a lot of delicacy to the tissues here, even more so than our vaginal tissue. Um, The anal tissue is more prone to getting little micro tears because it is not lubricated. It's very, very thin tissue on the inside. So you want to take time and care and move at the pace that the person receiving the touch actually feels good about, this is a great time to use your words to actually get like verbal check-ins. How's that feeling? Do you want more? Can I go deeper? Like ask the questions, get the feedback, let that guide your pace. And then little by little, as the finger begins to enter, you're leading with the pad of the finger always. So even though this is about bringing penetration in, I'm not going in point first, I'm going in pad first. And then it's like you lean the finger in. So you come in at a bit of an angle and let your finger gently enter. And then when the finger is there, you're going to want to rotate. You're going to want to move the finger so that you continue to stretch the tissues now from the inside. And it doesn't matter. You might only be a tiny, tiny bit on the inside as you begin, but that movement is what's going to help the tissues to open. And then Chances are, if you've watched any kind of anal porn, you have encountered the phenomenon of gaping, right? The fact that a stretched asshole will stay stretched for a period of time. You're not going to immediately have a gaped asshole just because you put a fingertip in it. But what is true, and this is me now looping back to the whole thing I said about making sure you get lube internally, as the anus begins opening and there is some aperture there. You want to make sure you're getting lube straight in there. So that could mean that you pour the lube directly in. You spit directly in. Even though I really don't want to encourage that, spit is a sufficient lubricant for assholes. In a pinch, it's better than nothing. But really, use the lube. <laughs> I'm watching you both shake your heads so like, like no, no, no
0: don't no. use
2: spit. Please, no. please. No. I mean, I it's, like, look, on if my it's like hot, thirty-five seconds. Yeah, thirty-five seconds. It's literally <laughs> yeah. thirty-five seconds, then and then it's gone. Yeah, it's gone. Yeah. And look, if it's hot for you to like spit into an asshole or have your asshole spit into, great. Just know that that's not a substitute for using a lubricant that's actually going to stay lubricating those very sensitive, delicate tissues over time.
0: And we're talking about assholes, everyone. Uber lube. I mean, we use Uber lube for all kinds of sex, but for anal, it's long lasting because it's silicone. It's amazing. So Uber lube, Uber lube, and can't just use lube.
1: anything else. My yeah. partner's like, "Where the fuck's the Uber lube?" If we <laughs> run out, he's like, "We
2: can't use this. We have to."
1: Eat. I was like, "I don't care." No. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> right. So well lubricated asshole pointing, not with the tip of the finger, but with the pad, and then gently stretching the tissues as you go. The stretching can happen by like pushing and pressing. So that might mean that you press down, you press up, you press to the sides. So you do want to have enough tension in your finger when you're pressing so that you actually can make a like yeah, you're 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 looking at your the finger
1: does way more things than mine does, Darshana, because mine yours looks like a nice worm, mine's only like, burr, burr, burr. Yours is like a dying worm. Yeah, mine's <laughs> no, a dying worm, it only goes down. Yours can go up too. So I just want to point out. Well, she does that's this for impressive. a living, she touches. Yeah, and it's true, double
2: jointed. Like, <laughs> I'm not double jointed. I do have exceptionally long fingers that are really ah. good for reaching inside of places. <laughs> But what you're noticing is that I do have like very refined dexterity because I do this a lot. And Mm -hmm. so it's, it's encouragement that practice will expand your capacity. Like you will be able to cultivate new techniques and move your fingers in more refined ways as you get that flexibility and strength in your hands, because this shit's real it takes effort. Like one of my lovers who is really good at finger fucking, like he's just really, really fucking good. And he's also really slutty. And so he has a lot of lovers and I'm like, Every time we have sex, I massage his forearm and his hands and his fingers to like as like I want to keep the instrument working properly. <laughs> so one day I'm like, do do other you, of your lovers do this for you? And he said, not really. I'm like, okay, we need to train them up. But yeah, like,
1: I smart. love that as a solution because I've had a partner get his forearms or sorry, get so cramped up Mm -hmm. and I do the same thing. I I massage. I was like, you're doing. And then everyone
0: wins because you as a receiver win, because you're going to receive more.
2: And then, Oh, I love that. Let's take good care of each other. But I'm emphasizing that it, it, it is both, it can be strenuous, but also I, I say this to say that you can cultivate more strength and flexibility and dexterity as you refine your techniques like that's that's real like any instrument you know you can refine it and make it more precise and that absolutely applies to our hands but i want to go back to the asshole
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) back to the asshole
2: my finger worm,
0: <laughs> finger worm I now love now
2: burrowing in gently, but it's pad of the finger leading, and it's also pad of the finger that would be pressing, right? So, so as I'm entering deeper and deeper and I'm passing through the sphincters, so you've got sphincter number one, which is very close. That's like right on the outside. And then again, roughly about the length of that first knuckle of, of your finger, you're going to hit a second sphincter. So you have two sphincters to move through. It's going to take the time that it takes. It's going to require the delicacy that it requires. For most people, any pain, discomfort, intensity they feel is going to happen when you're passing through those sphincters. It's going to be exacerbated by nervousness and anxiety and like, oh my God, you know, someone's new to this. So be patient, lots of deep breath. It's very helpful from a breath standpoint to move in when the breath comes out. So mm. what that means is... Is that as the person receiving touch breathes out, that's when you apply a gentle bit of pressure with your finger and move a little bit of deeper in. However long it takes, go slow, tiny, in, like tiny little movements. If it's needed, like I said, some bodies, yes, some bodies will be like, okay, give it to me, go for it, cool. If that's the person's truth, but there, I would err on the side of slower and really checking in. And then once you're through the two sphincters, you're going to, you'll feel, you know, if you're using your finger and you have the capacity to sense, you're going to feel that it opens up a bit for lack of a better way to describe things. Like it really does. Like the tension is primarily around the sphincters and then things loosen up and open up as you deepen past into the rectum. So once you're in there, I'm not talking like vacuous balloon, but you're going to feel that there's more space. And that's where you can then in the same way as you would with when you're inside the vagina, you can move with a little more like come hither motion. If you have multiple fingers, you can kind of do that spread and glide motion where you're covering different surface area. If you are penetrating a person with a prostate, um, it, some people really, really enjoy having their prostate stroked, or, you know, you'll hear it sometimes referred to as milked. And for some, it can be an orgasmic experience for others, not. And of course, nothing is the same for everybody. Some people might not like it just because they have a prostate. So Mm. you get to learn about your partner. You get to learn about yourself. Really the main things when it comes then to anal, not all that different from vaginal penetration. You don't want rigid, straight fingers. You want to follow the curves of the body. You want to apply pressure through the pads of the fingers. If you sense that more lube is needed, do not question that. Pull out, put more lube in, re-enter. Mm-hmm. Especially where the anus is concerned, where the butthole is concerned, you need the lubrication. So just keep it coming. Um, it, it's it's going to make everything better. I promise that. And I want to talk about whether vaginal or anal, we've done all this conversation about how to go in some technique to do when you're there. But then there's also a question of what to do when you're exiting. And this is really Mm. important. And it's often overlooked. Fast exits tend to be very jarring for us. So pulling out slowly, Verbally communicating when it's going to happen, making sure that the person who's been penetrated knows that that penetration is about to stop is a really kind, considerate thing to be able to do for your lovers. So moving out slowly. And then as soon as you come out, bringing that flat, full hand back in, cup the vulva and the vaginal opening, cup the assholes, squeeze the butt cheeks, do something that provides some containment. Cause it's a very vulnerable thing when you've just been penetrated open. And I want to emphasize the word open here. That was an opening that happened um, th- that we're bringing some physical closure to the experience by, you know, I'm picking up the vulva again, like just bring that hand right back over the vulva and let the whole thing rest gently there, check in with the person and see like, do you want more pressure? Do you want lighter pressure? Like adjust accordingly take a few breaths together, like give things a chance to settle down, especially if it's been more intense, if there's been a lot of friction, a lot of orgasmic energy, a lot of fluids, a lot of whatever, like take some time to really bookend that with the same quality of stillness that you began from. And then you can transition into whatever else is going to happen from there, whether that's more play or rest or bath time or whatever you're doing. Mm -hmm. And if you were in the butt, love comes off, hand gets washed, all the yes. things.
0: Yeah. Don't, don't. Yeah. But you take care of those hands. And I love that that you emphasize that, you know, it's like that, you know, the aftercare piece, but also the, the full circle, right. You know, you're, you're opening the ceremony of touching the vulva or the ass and then you're closing it too, right. Someone has an orgasm and that doesn't mean it's over. There's other things that you can do to really bring it full circle in a way that feels really good for everyone. I know we're talking about fingering today, everyone, but just so you know, Darshana can talk about just about anything related to sex and relationships and works with people, I believe, one on one. And I think you do group co- coaching sessions and you have something coming up soon. So, can you tell us more about the work that you do in your current offerings and also how can people find you, work with you, all the things? I know you've been having some issues with the social medias, yeah. everyone. Yeah.
2: You lost yeah. your Instagram. Instagram doesn't like me so much. So, if you want to find me, my website is my name, That is the best place to learn about me. You can get onto my newsletter. I do communicate a lot there. But as far as how I work with people, um, yes, I have a private practice. So you too can have your very own sex, love, and goop experience and and get these magical fingers on on your body if you so desire. My work focuses primarily on women and vulva-bearing non-binaries. Um, Also, I work with couples. And as long as one half of the couple belongs to either of those genders or sex assignations, it's to say, yes, cis dudes, you can work with me, too, if you have a female partner. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't work one-to-one with cis dudes. Love you guys. but (laughs) Love you. I do. I really do. I just have to narrow the focus. Um, Yeah. yeah, And my private practice includes everything we've talked about and a whole lot more. It's trauma informed. It's whole body. For some people, it's very much about the trauma remediation. For others, it's about the pleasure and there's a whole lot in between. And then I do a group journey um, every year. That's a really deep diving program into erotic wholeness, which is what I call my work and kind of all of the psycho-spiritual, like how do we actually have a healthy sense of our own eroticism and come to our sex and relationships in a really high integrity way. Um, And that's centered on women and and femmes. And I love working with groups because people feed off each other in the most incredible ways and it's super fun. So yeah, if any of that appeals to you, please come say hi, send me a message through my site and we'll take it from there.
1: Mm -hmm. And that's Darshana Avila. So it's A-V-I-L-A. And you can definitely, so your website is the same. It'll be on all of our show notes. So Mm -hmm. you can go to shamelesssex.com and check that out. And hopefully you'll get your social media back because Instagram can be a little bit of a B-I-T-C. No, I don't want to call it a bitch. Okay. It can be an asshole.
2: It can be a big giant jerk. Okay. Yeah, there you go. I I mean, there was the, the quick story there is my old Instagram is gone. I I had a lots of thousands of posts and thousands of all of you. And that's gone. I do have a sec. I have an account that exists. I just don't use it that much. Yeah. YouTube is coming. However, that's my next growth edge. So by the time the show airs, you might see more of me on YouTube. My Mm -hmm. website is a sure thing. (laughs)
1: All right, good. Well, check Darshana's work out because you are such a phenomenal not only sex educator, just a human that is uh, I always learn something from you every time you're on the show. And this is about education. We always say knowledge is not only power. We don't say that, but a lot of people say knowledge is power. But you have to, you can never stop learning and you have to keep practicing to really be good at your like becoming a sexual master and knowing your body and knowing your pleasure. And folks like you can also help you tap into that. If you don't have the resources on your own, that's why you consult. With folks like darshana so Mm -hmm. thank you and we'll have you back again of course because we love you so much to all of our listeners out there thank you for tuning in to shameless sex check us out on youtube if you haven't i know this is a long episode so i won't say much else except if you haven't know if you don't know if you haven't known it yet we have a book called shameless sex as well you can find it anywhere books are sold go ahead if you did buy the book give us a review also give our podcast a review reviews help Folks out there. Find people like Darshana. It's a free resource. We love you so much. We'll see you next Tuesday, y'all. Ciao for
0: now. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code shamelesssex at purepleasureshop.com.